a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, Mr. Dylan Anderson. He is the CCO of Field Day Records and uh, the, the tour, I believe it's the tour director for Steve Aoki. And you know why I know that? Because there's a story coming here that will kind of fill you guys all in and bring it full circle. So Dylan Anderson, uh, formerly of the band uh, All-Star Weekend. I had to drop that in there because I'm sure he'll hate to hear that. Uh, before that, Friday Night Fever. So there you go. We're, you know, we're diving deep here. Uh, Dylan Anderson, amazing, amazing human. He's, uh, he's very talented. Uh, I've met him a number of years back, probably about six or seven years ago. And, uh, you know, the story that sticks out in my mind, we talk about this briefly, but I kind of wished, uh, kind of wish we deep, we, we deeper dove into that, you know, uh, dove a little bit deeper, I should say into this story. So, uh, Dylan, the, the moment that kind of, uh, you know, kind of is standing out in my mind is, uh, it was about 3 a.m. and I'm at a house party in a small town called Prospect, Connecticut. And I get a call from a couple of my friends saying, hey, what are you up to this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, nothing's at a house party about to leave, you know, whatever. So sure enough, I get a call from Dylan Anderson, who's with them. They're all hanging out. He says, hey, can you get on a flight at six o'clock in the morning? And I was like, uh, no, I'm at a house party. It's 3 a.m. You know, where am I getting a flight to? What's going on? He goes, I'm going to fly you to Vegas. So go home, pack your bags, get at the airport for 6.30 in the morning, and uh, you can catch your flight out of Bradley, and we'll fly you right to Las Vegas and come hang with uh, me, Zach, Sean, Dylan, it's going to be a blast. And I was like, well, listen, like, can you do like 10 a.m.? I'm kind of I'm in the middle of something right now. He goes, uh, no, the miles cost too much. So I said, okay, 6.30 a.m. it is. So I call my girlfriend and I say, hey, listen, uh, Megan, uh, I need to get to the airport at 6.30 in the morning. Don't ask me a lot of questions. I have to pack a lot of dirty laundry. I'm assuming I will wash it in Nevada. So sure enough, being the uh, the terrific the terrific gal she is, uh, she drives to the airport at six in the morning. Now remember this: I've left a house party at three o'clock in the morning. I came home and threw every piece of dirty laundry I had into a giant uh, international bag suitcase. You know, I wasn't packing a duffel bag. Duffel bags you have to be kind of uh, you know you know, elegant. You got to understand I'm going to fold this here and put that there and put this there. No, I dumped everything in my hamper into a giant international bag and took that right on the plane. Luckily, Dylan Anderson, thank you very much, had status on United. So the checked bag was free. So I'll be forever in your debt for that. So sure enough, at the 6.30 in the morning, I get on a plane to Las Vegas with four hours notice, uh, land there to see uh, my, what, my best friends on the planet, uh, Dylan, Zach, Sean, uh, Dylan Anderson. It was truly amazing. So, uh, <laughs> In this situation, you know, Steve Aoki is playing in uh, at the MGM Grand that night. It was a, it was a Thursday. Glad I remember this. It was a Thursday. Steve Aoki is playing Hakkasan. We go to see Hakkasan. We go to see him at Hakkasan at the MGM Grand, and uh, everything was really amazing. So Dylan Anderson had ripped me out of a house party on four hours' notice and flew me to Las Vegas. So there's not many people that do that in the world, but he was one of them. So I was very happy to sit down and chat with him. Uh, so I'm sure he, he's been to most of the countries on the planet, which is amazing with an amazingly talented artist, Steve Aoki. So I'll let him tell you the stories. He's better at it than I am. So without further ado, uh, Dylan Anderson. There he is. What's going on? Howdy, man. How you doing? Good, good, good. Now you're in Texas currently. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Yes. There you go. Very nice. Everyone, this is Dylan Anderson, Terrific Cuban. So how is Dallas right now? What's going on there? Oh, you know, same as everywhere else. Uh, staying home, trying to find things to do with my time since tours are canceled and uh, just trying to keep busy. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. I guess we'll hop right into it. Um, now, being in the target industry for a number of years, what were your initial reactions when you heard uh, the COVID-19 starting to cancel shows and tours and things like that? Well, we were on tour when everything started happening, so... There was already like starting to be a shortage of hand sanitizer and Lysol wipes, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it didn't really hit until we were in, uh, it was 
was, I think it was either Cleveland or Cincinnati. I can't remember which one, but it was the same night that um, the NBA thing happened where they canceled the entire season. And we were all like, Oh, shit. <laughs> like this is, this is about to get real. And they just canceled the whole NBA season. Uh, so Steve was the next day flying to Vegas um, to do a show at his residency at Hakkasan. And um, I don't do the Vegas shows anymore. My assistant does those, but... Um, oh, you're, too, you're too Hollywood for us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I spent enough time in Vegas for me to bow out and say, you know what, I'm going to get someone else to handle the Vegas shows. We'll actually get to that later, so that'll be a fun yeah. <laughs> and, and And Steve was like, I don't know if I want to fly commercial, like, let's look into jets. And, and yeah. I uh, called my jet broker and he was like, yo, you and everyone else, man. Like, <laughs> he's like, I doubt I can get one, especially out of Ohio to Vegas. And so True. they ended up getting an option, but the option was like $55,000 or something stupid like that. And Steve was like, I'm not spending that money. <laughs> yeah. So he, he bit the bullet and flew commercial and did the show. And, um, and that was the last one. That was the last. That was the last show that that he was able to perform before everything was canceled. And um, it was just the next day. It was just phone call after phone call after phone call of shows getting canceled and pulling the tour. And um, I was in Chicago at the time, um, so I was in Chicago for three days even after that before I got to fly back home to Dallas. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I can imagine it's such a uh, you know tumultuous situation where. You know, it's coming into festival season as well. So what, what, what was that discussion like with Steve as far as like, hey, what's the next move here? Is it kind of just uh, bunker down and wait it out? I mean, it, with the festivals, here's, here's what you have to think about. Um, even when things start to get back to normal, whatever that means, um, they're still not going to want super large gatherings of people. Uh, because until the thing is completely vaccinated and, and eradicated, you know, there's always going to be that risk of transmitting the disease. And so right now, all the festivals are kind of just like, what do we do? Um, so really, it's just a day by day basis. Um, you know, there's festivals in July that have already canceled. Um, there's entire you know, I can't name any clubs yet because I don't know if they've made announcements, but there are certain clubs yeah. that are they're closing for the summer season, you know. That's incredible. And, and it's just kind of crazy to see how everyone's reacting. But at the same time, I think everyone's making the right decision um, to yeah. stay home and to not host these big events where also no one wants to be the headline. Like, you know, if yeah, someone does a show somewhere and everything's not great and then you know, all of a sudden they're like, oh, massive resurgence after like concert with Steve Aoki. Like, that, it's that's like, on me, yeah. <laughs> no, one, no, one, no one wants that headline. So everyone's just laying low and, and um, you know, doing what they're told right now, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's tough too, like you were, you were touching on before. It's like, how long do you think until that consumer confidence fully comes back when people are going to feel comfortable in 1,000, 10,000, you know, 50,000 cap rooms? You know, and, and what's your opinion on this? I mean, I, I think that it's going to be a minute. Um, I, I think what you'll see is that venues will start to reopen at reduced capacity. Um, you're going to see that the typical deals that artists were getting from Live Nation and from promoters are going to shift from being guarantees to door deals. Um, it's, wow. it's, it's changing everything. Um, you know, we're, ha we're in the process of rebooking uh, the tour that we were 
currently on. Um, and you know, I, I'm not the liberty to say what those dates are yet, but yeah, as soon as it gets <laughs> solidified and, and we can make announcements, it's, it's, you know, hopefully by then everything will be back to normal, normal. Um, so we can do the tour right and do it proper, but, um, you know, still just playing by the book at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So on, on a bit of a lighter note, so I know this is what I, when I put up that I was having you on, I got this question a lot. What is the deal uh, between behind you and Steve and the team? What's the deal behind caking people? Where, where does this come from? What's the situation here? <laughs> so the caking thing happened. There was a, um, a music video for a Dimac artist called Autoerotic. Dimac is Steve's record label. And the song was called Turn Up the Volume. And in the music video, there were like exploding cakes. And so okay. there was one show where I guess the song had just come out and they asked the promoter to get a cake for the turn up the volume release and they took the cake out in the crowd and Steve was like, who wants this in their face? And some guy went crazy and they filmed it and they put it on YouTube and it went viral. Okay. And then it, it just ended up, it became a thing. And um, yeah, it went from like one cake a show to three cakes a show to six cakes a show to now we're at 10 cakes a show is like the minimum. And then um, depending on how many people are attending the concert, we'll do up to 20 cakes. Now, is there any, is there, is there difficulty sometimes of finding these cakes? I know you're in all different locations. Is that most issue? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, I put that job on the promoters to find the cakes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I put together <laughs> like a, a nice, like six or eight page cake writer um, <laughs> that details um, exactly how the cake should be made to make sure that they're safe and they're soft and that the, yeah, yeah. the bottoms on the cake break easily and they're not like cardboard and all sorts of yeah. crazy shit. So, you know, it's always, it's always fun to That's figure wild. it out. <laughs> yeah. There's a size behind it. There's a size behind it. So. There's there, I mean, I had to make the writer because I'd put like 10 cakes on the writer and I'd show up and they'd have like ice cream cakes that like fit in the palm of my hand. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck am I going to do with this? Like, I'll, this? Break yeah, someone, exactly. I'll break someone's nose with this. So I look at the person, <laughs> would you want to get hit in the face with this? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so why yeah. would you give me these? Give me this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a few years ago, there's always a funny story from one kind of video. A few years ago, I, I'm at a, uh, I'm having cocktails with friends at a bar and I get a call from Dylan Anderson. It's like two o'clock in the morning. He says, hey, can you hop on a flight to Las Vegas in the next three or four hours? <laughs> so Dylan says, yeah. can you hop on a flight to Las Vegas in the next three or four hours? And I call my girlfriend at the time. She's like, it's two o'clock in the morning. I was like, I gotta be at the airport for six. And I go, Dylan, can we move it to like noon or one? He goes, listen, man, I don't have that many points. So you gotta rock with me. I'm not, you're not worth that many points. So you gotta get through this. Man. I was like, fair enough, fair enough. So I took the early flight to Las Vegas uh, to see Steve at Hakkasan uh, that evening with a bunch of other friends that I have to be out there. So if I haven't formally thanked you uh, digitally, thank you again for that. That was a terrific time. That was fun. <laughs> that was a good time, yeah. Um, and then you told me the trick about having to move your car in the Las Vegas garage. It's like you for getting towed. So shout out yeah. to the life hack. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, now, on to the record label side of things. You were telling me you released... Uh, being the CCO of Field Day Records, you're telling me you released uh, an album from uh, Will Pug, of, formerly of Cartel, still of Cartel. And uh, what was that process like? Was it e oh. You back? There you go. You were frozen for a second. Back? Yeah. Okay. I got the gist of it. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, Field Day Records is a joint venture between me and my business partner, uh, Rico Andrade. Um, he played guitar in the band Forever Sickest Kids back in the day. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of how we met on Warp Tour. And um, also he's in Dallas. And so we had a lot of mutual friends and just kept bumping into each other. And then 
we both realized that we liked records and we were like, cool, let's do this thing. Um, and so Rico's been working with Will Pugh from Cartel for a long time now. And Will's been working on this solo record. And he originally the idea was that it was going to be released later. Um, but we were, you know, he was going to be focusing on Cartel because Cartel was playing some shows, a uh, festival in California. And uh, after all this happened, he was like, you know what? I feel like the time's right. I feel like we should just do it. We should just release it. So we put together a release plan in probably like a week. Um, and we pulled, we, we sat there and Will and I actually made the artwork ourselves. And, okay. Uh, did everything and just kept it as DIY as possible. And he decided that he wanted to donate the proceeds to uh, Music Cares, uh, Music Cares COVID-19 Relief Fund, which was awesome. Very nice. So <clears throat> we ended up releasing that on Bandcamp where you can listen to one song right now, but you can buy the record for $5 or more and get access to all the songs. But there's one song on Bandcamp right now. And then eventually um, it'll be up for release on Spotify and Apple Music and all your other typical digital retailers. Um, there's no plans for a physical release yet, but I'm sure we will eventually do a record of it as well. Now, for other artists out there, do you think it's a good time to roll a record out? You're kind of a captive artist now. Do you think it's tough with all the other, you know, kind of noise out there? What are your feelings on it? I think that there's a right way to do it. Um, if you're not an established artist already, it's kind of hard to launch something. Um, I'm working with a couple other artists and we've kind of like had to put things on hold because we had a lot of events and plans and shows based around the release of this music and to of just course. kind of like put it out there um, without all the other stuff is kind of, it doesn't really give the record a fighting chance in my opinion. So we've, we've had to delay all of that uh, until we can do, do it properly just because the music's great and we don't want to waste it. You know, we don't want to, put an EP out or an album out that doesn't stand a fighting chance because we don't have the right resources to break the artists right now. Of course, absolutely. That makes total sense. As somebody who formerly used to roll records out as well, I know it's gotta be a crazy yeah. time for people doing it now. You but know, if you're Drake, nuts. if you're Drake or you're post-alone and you're sitting at home <laughs> and you're like, fuck it, I'm gonna release some music. Like, sure, yeah, this is a great time to release music. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone's sitting at home listening to music. It's great. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there's something to be said for, you know, kind of losing a whole release season here. Is there something you think will, you know, will kind of the mantra, not the mantra, but I guess kind of the ecosystem change where artists simply go to the studio in late fall, early, early winter. Do you think that these releases get pushed all the way back to, to, you know, November, December, and then they get rolled out? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, it just depends. I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> if certain artists have the capacity to do like really awesome live streams and album launch parties and stuff like that, then that changes things as well. But just, you know, I guess it just depends on the situation. Of course. Now, speaking of live streams, there's been this kind of viral joke we were talking about before you came on about Cal yeah. where they were going to, you know, kind of live stream these artists in their living rooms and kind of, you know, just charge you whatever to come watch it. Do you think the festival industry has will have long-term effects due to this? You know, do you think it's something where live streams with artists will be more prevalent, whether it be in a studio or wherever it is? Um, I don't think so. I think that once this is all over with, I think everyone's going to be ready just to get back on the road and start playing shows again and connect with people face-to-face. -face. Um, I think what this has shown is that there is uh, a market for it um, and that, there's definitely opportunities to look at for live streams. And I think that the way people have like utilized it is really fantastic. 
Um, I really love like the bands that are doing the kind of remote recording sessions and then like mixing it together and doing their thing. Yeah, I saw Goldfinger do that. That was really cool. A lot of yeah, Goldfinger know, did it, and Phantom, Phantom Planet's done it. And there's been a couple bands that have done really good ones. For sure, absolutely. So before we take up any more of your time, we have a quarantine questionnaire. Four questions coming your way about your quarantine situation. Um, what's been the food of choice? What's been the snack, the food? What have you been rocking? Pizza. Pizza, for <laughs> sure. It's easy. It's frozen. Throw it in the oven. Also, our Domino's is super fast. So, like, we order Domino's, and it's here in, like, 25 minutes tops. So That's a plus. That's a plus. And drink-wise, yeah. alcoholics, not alcoholic. <laughs> I've been drinking Four Corners, local buzz, local label. Very nice. Shout out, Shout out Four, Four Corners. corners. <laughs> yeah. The homies. Very nice. And uh, show or movie you've been binging. Everyone's been talking about Tiger King and Ozark. What have you been watching? I watched Tiger King and I watched Ozark. So <laughs> I, I watched both of them. And uh, I thought they were both fantastic. I thought Tiger King was absolutely obnoxious and over the top and, <laughs> um, and ridiculous. And I couldn't stop watching. So... <laughs> Yeah, true, true. I mean, I've been trying to get into, into Tiger King, Lion King, Jesus. Tiger King, I also, but... <laughs> I also rewatched all the Matrix movies. I rewatched, like, tons of Marvel movies. I've rewatched um, The Hunger Games. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, what else is there to do besides work and kind of watch, you know, awesome old movies? So that yeah, exactly. And then any advice for staying sane? Um, I think just trying to keep yourself as busy as possible is the best thing you can do. Um, don't, don't leave yourself with too much, um, alone time, call your friends, call your family, do your, uh, FaceTime, do your zoom. Um, you know, we, they, they've made it so you can play, uh, Jackbox over zoom. And if you know what Jackbox is, and, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> so much fun and it's gonna be great. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things you can do to, to hang out with your friends still. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people have been saying, go, go get outside for a little bit. You know, go take a walk around your neighborhood if you can. You know, just get the outdoors in a little bit, you know. Yeah, I'm lucky to have a really awesome backyard with a hammock and a fire pit. So I've been oh, spending as much time as possible outside, yeah. Texas living, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, once again, uh, Dylan, any links you want to toss out real quick uh, for Field Day or yourself? Um, just another shout out to the Towards record that we just released. It's on, spot, uh, it's on Bandcamp now, $5 minimum donation to Music Cares. COVID-19 Relief Fund. Um, it'll be on Spotify. I believe it's May 24th. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's May 24th. Um, other than that, stay safe, stay sane, and um, yeah, talk to your family. Very nice, very nice. Dylan Anderson, tour director for Steve Aoki and CCO Field Day Records. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks. Shout out to Dylan Anderson for sitting down and chatting with us. You can check him out on all the socials at the Dylan, and you can check out Field Day Records at fielddayrecords.com. We hope he gets back out there soon uh, with the very talented Steve Aoki. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, it's at the Adam Lopez. And uh, if you don't mind, download, rate, and subscribe. Thanks, guys.